0: I've been so excited about this particular Sunday and we'll be doing this at both of our campuses but today I'm going to be sharing with you or actually today I'm beginning a mini-series called I love my church say that with me I love my church say it again I'm glad you do because I do too this is an awesome church it's a it's a place where we're real people uh at a, at a relevant church that connects people to a growing relationship with Christ and each other in order to fulfill our life purpose. And so, for, for a, in a short series, we're going to be talking about how I love my church and how you should love your church. I, I love this church when we had 17 people on November the 3rd. In 2005, in a conference room, and I was shaking, I was scared to death, and, or I wasn't scared, but I'm always on edge in a good way when I come out to speak. I'm talking about, sometimes I'm pacing, and um, it's just the way I do uh, things, and, and so on that first night, with, with 18 people, and I stood up, much like I'm doing right now, and I shared my vision of starting a brand new church in our community called North Star. And now almost 12 years later, um, in November it'll actually be 12 years, but we actually didn't launch until April of uh, 2006. And so this has been an incredible journey. And what I'm going to be talking about in this message is our vision to reach people for Jesus Christ. So if you have your Bibles, um, take them in turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. I have some notes up here. I I don't do notes. So if they go flying off, uh, I I don't use notes when when I talk. But today I've got some material that I've got to cover. Are you with me? all right and I want to be sure to cover that material and a lot of the the material is in this little booklet that you received and you also received a special gift from North Star and and I'll explain what that is in just a minute but uh, you can follow along with much of this in this little booklet that that we gave you today and uh, we've got something to give you when you leave so you 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 came to church today empty-handed you leaving with something all right now the Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise, he said, is for you and your children, and for all who are far off. Now, do you see the word far off? If you see it, say amen. For all that are far off. We exist as a church so that those that are far from God will draw near to him through the power of Jesus Christ. And that's one of the passages that we base that on. For all whom the Lord our God will call. Verse 40, with many other words... He warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000, say 3,000, that's a lot of people that got saved, right, on the day of Pentecost. Peter, he's a, fire, a fireball, and he's preaching, and the Holy Spirit speaks because preachers can't save anybody, but the Holy Spirit can convict, and God saves people. Those that accepted his message were baptized, about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property, possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of the people. And what I want you to notice is the last verse. And uh, it, it says, And the Lord added to their number daily. How often? Daily. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved in other words God did a miraculous work and I want to tell you that the work that God is doing is not limited to what he did here in this century God's still at work why aren't we seeing 3,000 people come to Christ well the Holy Spirit is still convicting God is still drawing those that are far from God uh, by the Holy Spirit and so that they can be changed by the power of Jesus Christ. So why are we not seeing all of those people? Well, what I want to do today is, is just break down this passage quickly because this is the first part of my message and the rest of my message I'm just going to walk you through some things. Um, let me back up and kind of set up Acts 1.8, when the Holy Spirit, when Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to come to you, you shall receive power and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth, okay? And so uh, the, the church, the people began uh, to, to reach out. Now, when he said in Acts 1.8, Jerusalem, Jerusalem was where they lived, Okay? And so Jerusalem for us is where, where we work and when we, where we go to school and where we, where we shop. Then he said, and you'll be my witnesses in Judea. That's the region that you live in because people, you, you work in one place, you you may live in another. We have people that drive from many different counties, at least five to, to North Star every Sunday. And so we have a responsibility to, to, as a church to be a witness in our region. Then he says Samaria, that's the place that you might not be liked very much. Remember a few weeks ago I preached a message that Jesus had to go through Samaria. They didn't, that wasn't the quickest route. The disciples were freaking out because they didn't like the Samaritans and the Samaritans didn't like the Jews. But that passage said that Jesus had to go through Samaria. So Samaria is that place that you might not be liked very much or you, or you may be misunderstood sometimes. This might be the place that you have avoided. And, the Holy, and Jesus said, after the Holy Spirit comes, you'll be my witnesses where? Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Then he says, to, and to the ends of the, of the earth. That means all over the world. That's why we're a global Outreach kind of church. We believe in going across the street to share Jesus Christ, and we believe in going across the sea to share Jesus Christ. So the, these disciples, these followers, the number grew. There were 120 of them, men and women that were gathered in the upper room. They waited there for 10 days for the Holy Spirit to come, and the Holy Spirit descended on them. They ran out of there preaching. The gospel. It hasn't changed. It's the same gospel that we preach today was the gospel that they were preaching then. What's the gospel? Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was buried and rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Jesus said I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. That's the gospel. And the the reality is there are people at your workplace and at your school and in your recreation life, and perhaps even in your home and your neighborhood that may have heard the gospel, but they've not received the gospel. And I entitled this series, we've done a mini-series called I Love My Church uh, before. Uh, Next week's message is going to get more in detail of of why I love my church, but today is uh, the vision message of I Love My Church And I love what my church is doing, and I love the the mandate that God has given to the church. You know, Jesus loves the church. The Bible says, husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ loved the church, what did he do for the church? He gave himself for the church. He died for the church. So, Peter gets up, and he preaches the sermon of his life, and 3,000 people get saved. So I, what I want to do, just for a couple of minutes, is, is look at something that they had. And my first point, if you're taking notes, you don't have anywhere to take you might, uh, just, just write somewhere um, in the back of this book, okay? You've got a place to take notes. The first thing is, they had it, we need to have it. Now, if, if I don't hear an amen, I'm thinking, these people ain't getting it. And so, it's a psychological thing that some preachers are just long-winded, some are, are, are messed up like me, and psychologically, if I think they're not smiling, they're not clapping, they're not amening, uh, good night. We'll, we'll be in here, in here all day. Um, amen? amen. <laughs> good. We need to have it. What do we need to have? Well, if you look at this passage, they had a, a, a common devotion. It says that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. In other words, the scriptures. They were devoted to that. Uh, For us, that's the word of God. They were were devoted to the word of God. They were devoted to one another. And we call that fellowship. Uh, One one of the things that that I'll be talking about in just a moment is, is going from rows, everybody's in a row, to circles. You can't get to know one another in a row. You can't talk past the second person. And unless you get here early, and some of you don't do that, we call that fellow That was a dig, by the way. Uh, we call that fellowship. They loved each other. They cared for one another. They, they were devoted to prayer. They had this common devotion. And that devotion, church made a difference in their lives. Just like if you're in a small group, it makes a difference in your life to have that community, to come here early and to stay late. Don't rush out of here like if you don't just rush, you're not going to get a good place in line at the restaurant. Hang out. This is just once a week we get to do this. That's what these people did, and it made a difference in their life. It says that they were filled with awe, with fear, which is a, a respect and Reverence for God. We need to have it. Number two, we need to. They had community, uh, common generosity. They had they had a common generosity. It was like, oh, there he is talking about giving again. They never said that. Say, well, how do you know that? You're probably right. That some of them probably did, but, but. But this early church, you get up and talk about faith commitment giving. I want you to leave here today knowing exactly what faith commitment giving is. It's it's where we give above our ties to to almost thirty different ministries, and uh, uh, the North American Mission Board, Samaritans' Purse, Eight Days of Hope. They're they're in Houston right now. They're in Florida right now because you're giving to faith commitment giving and that you're giving to the church. And that's what this church did. They had a common generosity. It, the scripture says they would sell, they would see a knee and they'd say, well, I'll just sell this and we'll help you out. And they would go over there and they would help. They would buy food for each other. It was a, it was a common g- generosity among them. They, I think they had a, a vision that the one that they were actually worshiping, had given his all. Are you with me? Jesus. Paid the ultimate sacrifice, his life. I think that they caught the vision of what Jesus had done for them, and they wanted to do that for each other. I know I know this. That they had a, a common devotion, but they they had a common generosity, but then they had a common passion for Jesus. In other words, they were on fire. You couldn't walk up to them without them talking about Jesus. You couldn't be around them without, them, without hearing them talk about ministering in the name of Jesus. You couldn't be around them and not know that they were the hands and the feet of of Jesus. They were on fire. When's the last time that you felt the way that I'm describing right now? They were on fire for Jesus. They didn't try to hide it. They were bold. In fact, because of them, we're here today in this room. Because they had that boldness, they had that passion for Jesus. And they lived it out. They lived out, literally, lived out the Great Commission where Jesus said, go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so with that fire, with that passion, that great commission, it was not just for them in Matthew 28, it was for us today. And we've got to have that same passion. And this is what I know, if you're taking notes. They were in the upper room, right? They prayed for 10 days, 120 of them. But they didn't stay there. They got out of there. And they hit the streets, the neighborhoods, the regions, the counties. And they went and shared the good news of Jesus Christ with others. They didn't stay in the upper room. This is what I know. You can't stay where you are and go where you need to go. Just think, if they'd have stayed in the upper room, we wouldn't, be, we wouldn't have heard the, well, we, God would have made a way. But they didn't. You can't stay where you are. You can't stay in your comfort zone. Our holy huddles in the church and go where you need to go. And these early followers of Jesus Christ did that. I think if these 120 could turn the world upside down, I'm just thinking, we can turn the world upside down. I said we could turn the world upside down. If these 120 could do it, what could we do? 2,000 years later, we're still talking about it. Let me ask you this question. How is North Mississippi different because of your faith? I'm asking myself the same question. How's my neighborhood different because I live in it? How do the stores that I shop in, how are they different Uh, because I shop in them? I've learned... Especially in the last couple of years. I'm still learning. To slow down just a little bit. I have my day planned out. You just you just have to hear me tell you like what I did Friday. It's here, and I've got it scoped out. I know going over here. But the danger in that, that's good planning, but the danger in that is, oh, and you save gas if you plan it out that way too. But the danger is that you rush in and rush out. And so what To help discipline me with this, God has, in different ways, slowed me down. Two hip replacements didn't hurt it any, you know what I'm saying? But I I, I can't go anywhere, really, I can't go anywhere without running into somebody or seeing them at a distance. But you know what I've started doing? If I see them at a distance, I'm thinking, ah, they're going to tie me up and I really need to go here. You know what I've started doing? I get tied up pretty cool because how are you going to get to know your neighbors if you don't spend time with your neighbors how how are you going to share the gospel with somebody that you you really don't know can't stay where you are and go where you need to go well one final statement i'm going i'm going to really go fast okay god wants to impact you here so you can impact them there so when you come to church on sunday it's not look don't don't dread it don't try to get in and out worship god and be challenged by the word of god but be changed by him be be impacted by him so that you can impact other people we need to have it number two we need to understand it now, it's hard for me to communicate and help everybody to understand the, the vision on one Sunday. But we got to understand it. L- let me give you an example. Our vision. Our vision. What is our vision? Uh, the vision of the church answers the question, what will the future look like if I fulfill my mission? Um, these are little different definitions There are many different ways of saying it, but you might want to write that one down. My vision answers the question, what will the future look like if I fulfill my mission? Our vision is to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. Our vision, my vision, is based on the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, go ye therefore and make disciples, uh, Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, body, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Our vision is to make disciples, is to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. Our vision is where we are headed. is seeing beyond the horizon. So our vision is where we're headed. It's what the future will look like if we fulfill our our mission. Now our mission. It answers the question why we exist. That's why I say it all the time. We exist so that those that are far from God will draw near to him through the power of Jesus Christ. And so our mission, while the vision, the emphasis is on seeing, the mission, the emphasis is on doing. The vision challenges us. The mission clarifies it is how we carry out the vision. Now, I introduced this last year, and I, f- I feel like we're already behind. The 160, I'm going to talk real fast because I've got to get to this other stuff. There are 168,000 in a, a four county area population right here in North Mississippi. More than that if you add five counties, obviously. Out of that, this is where we got the 121 challenge. Out of that, Only 10% attend church on a regular basis, that's 16,800. If you subtract that from 168,000, that gives you 151,200 people. 151,200 people today aren't sitting in a church. Some are are saved and out of the will of God because they're not doing what God said, but so many of those are lost without Jesus Christ. You live next door to some of them. You work in the cubicle next to some of them. You pass them as you leave in your neighborhood and you, you wave at each other. 151,200. Our vision is to reach 1% of those by the year 2021. That's our vision. That's, that's only uh, 1,512 people. Now, really zone into this next statement. What if, between the two campuses, what if 500 adults... Students and young people led one person to Jesus Christ this year. What if that's just, that's just you leading one? You leading one. You lead, leading one to Christ and helping them to, to be discipled. What if 500 did that this year, 500 did it next year, and 500 did it the next year? That's 1,500 people. Can you see it? You see the possibility of it? That's our vision, to, to glorify God by making disciples. <coughs> and so we must have it, we must understand it. Last, we must do it. How do we do it? If you don't have a mission with a strategy, your vision will sit dormant. I believe that this, these next three years are going to be three years of exponential increase in our church. I believe that we're going to reach 500 people. The question is, church, what are we going to do with them when we get them here? We, and that's what I'm going to be talking about for the remainder of this time. So this is our strategy. Are you with me so far? Okay, I'm going to keep talking then. You know what, a, you know what it means when a pastor walks to the pulpit and he takes off his watch and he lays it there? Absolutely nothing. First of all, I I wanna uh, talk about our core values. If I ask some of you today, what are our core values? I'm embarrassed to say, because I'm the senior pastor, most of you couldn't tell me what they are. And that's, that's my fault. And that's our, I'll share that burden with the staff, but it's really my fault. So today you've got a copy in your hand of our core values. This is who we are as a church. And by the way, for for weeks and months, our staff hammered through everything that I'm talking about today. Our core values, I'm just going to read them. Our core values, this is who we are. We are passionate. We are passionate. We are a passionate church, and we love to worship God. Worship is a lifestyle. I talk about that a lot. Bring your worship. And so we're passionate about worshiping God and really, and loving others. Number two, we are community. We value fellowship within the body. We love each other. We may not always agree with each other. We might even get on each other's nerves. Amen? I'm not looking at anybody in particular. Sometimes, but we love And we believe in doing life together as the body of Christ, both in a large setting as well as in small. Third, we are disciple makers. Jesus didn't say, go and evangelize the world. Jesus said, go, preach the gospel, and make disciples. What's a disciple? Give me just a minute. We are servants. We serve both in the church and outside of the church stay where you are serve where you live be the church in your community number five our core value is that we are focused on the unchurched and the unreached it's not that we don't care about you we do i preach uh, I, I share the gospel every week but i preach from the bible and that helps us to grow that helps us to be fed but we would starve to death spiritually if all we got Was feed was to be fed on Sunday. So we teach and we help make disciples and and then we focus outwardly on the unchurched and the unreached. That's who we are. Number six. We're seeking diversity. We are a church that wants to impact all generations. Young and old. We've got both. I'm one of those somewhere. We want to reflect the diversity of our community and declare the diversity of the kingdom. Number seven, we're generous. We must lead the way, church, in being generous. Lead the way in generosity. Our church will go above and beyond to give sacrificially to the work of God that's why occasionally usually twice a year I preach on tithing and giving and I often I talk about faith commitment giving because I tithe but I can't tithe comes to the church to the storehouse but when I give above my tithe I give to many different things but one is faith commitment giving it might not be uh, a lot compared to what your tithe is but it helps it's all of us we're a church that's, that is generous. Number eight, we are led by the Spirit and guided by the Word. If the Spirit of God's not leading us to do it, we're not going to do it. And if, and if the Word is teaching it, we're going to do what the Word teaches. Number nine, we are a church planting church. We partner with, with Nam, North American Mission Board. That's how we're planting a church in New Orleans right now, through Nam, with Pastor Troy Goss, And um, we believe in pushing back the lostness. Doesn't it excite you just a little bit to think that over the next 12 months, between our two campuses, that we can reach 500 people with the gospel of Jesus Christ? We'll have to leave the trough out. If you don't know what the trough is, that's what we baptize in. Somebody was here a couple of weeks ago when we had baptism, and and he said, is that the trough that I sold y'all? So that's it we're still using it we got two of them it's a horse trough clean but with water in it and uh wouldn't it be exciting that we had so many to baptize so often that we had to get two troughs and have two going on at the same time church i'm excited about this are you are you Number 10, we're a church that celebrates. We believe in celebrating the ways that God works and moves among us, which creates momentum to see more life change. All right. Now, this is in your book also. I want to talk. That's our core values. I want you to learn them. I'm not going to give you a test on them, but learn who we are. Uh, I heard somebody say when they saw these that, man, it made me feel good. That we, I I feel this. I see it. I've seen it happen. Next, I want to talk about growth tracks. I want you to say it with me. Growth tracks. We, for almost 12 years, have called this our classes. 101, 201, 301, 401. If you're a member of North Star, you've heard this before. If not, maybe you've heard from the stage announce it. We're even announcing it today as classes. But after next Sunday... They will never be called classes again. Can I get an amen? And you don't even have to know why you're amen Thank you. Growth tracks, uh, for 12 years we've called them them classes. We we have them almost every month, but we've had some challenges. Uh, Some of those have been like keeping it fresh before the people, uh, more than just announcing it. Uh, Another challenge is getting people to go through it. That's a challenge. Some of you... Need to go th- through the next one now because you've been putting it off. We have four of them. Um, also, a challenge is is the assumption that all, that's all we're asking you to do. Look, if you go through the classes, you'll have your reward, which are in heaven. Amen. And that's that's an assumption. It's because the way we've been doing this for twelve years, we're changing. I like change. Now, we're putting these, it's called growth tracks, at the forefront of who we are. You're going to hear us talk about it, refer to it, challenge people to go through it. And starting today, there is a clear expectation if you attend this church or if you are a member of this church is that we're expecting you to go through the growth tracks. We're tweaking how we're going to do it. Uh, if we're going to do, do one a week, every week, and you, somebody... You know, a problem though, of the way we've done our classes is you take 101 today, for example, we're offering it. Um, then you've got to wait another month to do the next one, another month to do the next one. We're looking at a way to shorten that, okay? We haven't figured that out yet. We'll, we'll be uh, getting back with you soon. Um, so what's the difference in the growth tracks and the classes? Well, our expectation of you to go through them. Our strategy of helping you to go through them. And so we're working on that. We're, um, we're putting a strong emphasis on it. Rather than just mentioning it in the newsletter or mentioning it mentioning it from the stage, we're having classes on these dates, blah, blah, blah. We're stepping up, staff-wise, we're stepping up our overall expectation and the implement, implementation of it. Track number one is uh, membership. Track one, church membership. If you're interested in making North Star your home, sign up, take the, get, on the, get on the growth, the, the growth track. And uh, you, you're, you're going to see signage of this. And uh, track number one, church membership. That's where we talk about our our strategy and our structure and our statements of faith and salvation. Track number two is spiritual maturity. This gives you an overview of the four basic spiritual habits every Christian needs in order to grow daily. Uh, Time in the word, daily uh, prayer, giving, and fellowship. Track number three, your ministry. In this track you'll be shown how to assess your spiritual... Uh, abilities and gifts and passions to see where you fit in ministry track number four is life on mission life on mission this track helps you to discover your calling and learn how to share your story your testimony and share the gospel with others that's the growth tracks what's different it's a lot different we're tweaking how we do the class and the material but uh, I'm telling you right now We want you to go through the the, the growth tracks. It's going to be very evident that that's that's what we want to happen at this church. All right, next in your booklet is the pathway to discipleship. Jesus didn't just say go win them, he said make disciples. And so we believe as a church that when somebody comes uh, to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, we want them to become disciples of Christ. All right? We we don't want to just like, okay, great, we won you to Christ, now good luck. Oh yeah, go to the growth tracks. We want you on the pathway. We want all of you. We want the 500 in the next 12 months to get on the, to do the growth track, but to get on the the, the pathway. You see, the growth tracks teach the pathway. You're going to see this pathway, you've got a copy of it, but you're going to see it uh, in our foyer soon. That way, when you come to get a cup of coffee and you come in to worship, you're gonna see the the pathway. It's a pathway. We want you on the pathway. What's the pathway? Quick, worship. That's what we're doing today. Second is small groups, from rows to circles. We believe that one of the healthiest things that you can do is be in a small group. So. If you're on the pathway to discipleship, that means you're coming to church and you're worshiping. It means that you're plugging in to a small group of community, a community of believers. Uh, There's about uh, six to 12 in my small group that I attend. And it's, it's, it's good, it's good for me. Small groups connect us with other believers. Number three on the pathway to discipleship is called D groups. Say that D D as in David D groups. D groups. What is the D group? Brand new. <laughs> it's not, it's not brand new. Uh, cause the Bible says that they studied the apostles teaching, right? A D group is going deeper. Small groups offer community, uh, Lend itself to evangelism. You invite your neighbor to your small group. Wonderful. D-groups primarily are born out of small groups. Oh, well, are you telling me there's, there's another thing I've got to commit to? If you want to go deeper, and I hear people say this sometimes, I just want to go deeper with the Lord. How, how can I do that? Uh, you, you can be in a D-group. Uh, community groups or our small groups are, you're in, uh, you just show up. If you're ready to get in a small group, Bam, we can get you in a small group today. D groups last for a year to 18 months. And it's a very small group of gender specific, like my D group is, is just men. And it's not many of them, and, and, and we, we don't add to it. They stuck with me, I'm stuck with them. Because you start adding people to an in-depth study of the word, somebody has missed the first six months. You know what I'm saying? Just wait until a d-group is ready. But get in a d-group. D-groups, the goal is not evangelism. It's the fruit of a d-group, but it's not the goal. The goal of a small group is community. Hanging out together. Invite a lost friend. Help them meet Jesus Christ. A d-group is going deeper in the Word. Number four, on the pathway to discipleship, changed the world, joining the mission of God to change the world through volunteering, evangelism, and missions. Each one reached one. So Terry, how are we going to do that? How, How do we reach people? Well, one is volunteer. How do I change the world? Volunteer. Oh goodness. We do projects that we don't even announce sometimes because it's an urgent need, you know? But volunteer, serve in the church and serve in the community. We're the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. You know, this is what we're gonna do. This is brand new information. We are designating the first Saturday of every month and calling it uh, first Saturday serve day. We're still gonna do a big serve day with 300 people Like we did a few weeks ago, but from now until until God tells us to change it The first Saturday of every month is going to be served It's just going to be probably one project maybe two small projects and you don't have to do every one of them You're not committing to every first Saturday for the rest of your life. You may not can do October, November or December, but you can do February and so uh, This one may not fit into your schedule, but this one will our first First Saturday serve day is, just to show you that we got stuff to back up what I'm talking about today, is December the 2nd, that's our first one. And then by intentionally being missional, everyone, every day, everywhere, be intentional of sharing Jesus. All right. Um, A second way that we're going to change the world is through evangelism, obviously. And we're going to put a strong emphasis on evangelism. When you leave today, you're going to get this pamphlet that says 3151. 3151 is this Pray for at least three lost friends daily. Pray, pray for three. One, three, one. One, learn a gospel conversation. A gospel conversation. We're going to also give you the three circle. Pamphlet, booklet. When you leave, that's a gospel con- conversation. You can learn that or use that to lead somebody to Christ. Number and then three, one, five, one, five. Invite five people to your small group and bring them to church. You don't have to do it this week, but start this week. Three, one. Pray for three. Learn one gospel presentation. Invite uh, five people to your small group and bring them to church, and then last one share the gospel with at least one lost person at least one how are you going to win one of the 500 if you don't share the gospel with somebody so well uh how do we do that we're going to have a three circle booklet training um two different times at both campuses the first one is october the 11th it's going to last about an hour it'll be after the second service We're going to offer a different one, uh, uh, another, an additional one on a Wednesday night. So you'll have some options. The second one will be November the 8th. Next, at least, how are we going to change the world through evangelism? At least four times a year, we're going to canvas the neighborhoods. Uh, Strategically picking a neighborhood. We're going to go door to door inviting them or handing them a flyer or whatever. Uh, canvassing and we're going to do that at least four times a year the first one that we're going to do is on, uh, on October the 14th we've already got these dates on the church's calendar I'm telling you, we're, we're pumped about this stuff alright and then volunteering evangelism and then missions I challenge everybody to, to go on a short term mission trip at least one time as often as you can not once a year necessarily but once every five years at least go on one short-term mission trip and then the pathway to discipleship this is it's got those four sections if you look in your book it has worship small groups d groups and changing the world but there's some behind the scenes ones that i don't know if that's good english there's some more to it than just those four let me give you two of them one is celebrating we're a celebrating church that's one of our core values when you came in today, uh, you received a booklet and you received a tile. And what we want you to do with this tile is place it in a strategic place, put a magnet on it, put it on your, your fridge, put it on your desk, put it in the dashboard of your car, and pray for a person's name that's going to be written on this tile. For example, Joe. Joe. I'm, I'm praying for Joe. Don't write his name on there, but pray for him. And when, when you share the gospel with Joe, and Joe gives his heart to Christ, and you you help Joe to get on the pathway to discipleship, and he, we're going to put his name on this tile, and we're going to place it on one of our kiosks in the foyer, We don't know exactly what the design is going to look like. But it's got to hold at least 500 of these for the next 12 months. So every time Joe or Sally or Samantha, somebody you lead to Christ, you you help them get on the pathway to discipleship, write their name on the tile, and we're going to glue it to the board. Isn't that pretty cool? It is cool. And then... Replicate, keep making disciples, celebrate and with much prayer and dependence on the Holy Spirit. I've said a lot today. Some of it was teaching, some of it was illustration, some of it was preaching. But I challenge you. If if you haven't taken the next growth track step, take it. Today's the last time you'll ever hear me say classes. You go hear growth tracks. If, you, if you've done the first one and you haven't done the second one, we, we want you to. We're expecting you to. Uh, if you haven't done the third one, we, we expect you to. We want you to. We want to help you to. If you haven't done the fourth one, so many in our church have not done the fourth one. Growth tracks. Maybe your commitment today is to, is to accept Christ as your Savior maybe you've come and you've heard all of this information but what you're missing is that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ I'm gonna tell you how you can do that maybe how God has spoken to you today is just like wow he's turned the light on that's who we are as a church it's incredible and it is and you commit yourself to, to Christ and to his church I want you to pray with me and I'm going to ask that nobody's moving around. I just want to share the gospel. If you've never accepted Christ, you can today by putting your trust in him. So how do I do that? Well, you can articulate that through prayer, but it comes from your own heart. It's not just repeating words. And if you've never invited Christ into your life, would you do it right now? You could say something like this. Just say, "Dear God, I I believe that Jesus died for my sins on the cross." That he rose on the third day. Today, I know I've sinned, and so I repent. I turn from my sin, my lostness, and I turn to Jesus. I put my trust in you today, and I follow you as Lord. Come into my life and help me to, to grow as a disciple. And if you prayed that prayer today, there's a card in the seat in front of you. I want to ask that you fill that out and bring it to guest services out in the foyer. And we have a book to give you. Maybe you're thinking today, well, I, I am going to win one person to Jesus in the next 12 months. Can I get some more tiles? Yep, we're going to keep them readily available every Sunday. I'm going to ask that the church, if you would just stand with me right now. And I want to pray for you. I pray, Heavenly Father, for everyone here today and God, for the opportunity you've given us to come and worship. I pray, God, that you would take these next moments of, of worship as we close out this service, God, and just be uplifted and glorified and challenge our hearts God as we worship you we love you and thank you in Jesus name